Welcome to the Actual Fluency Podcast. Each week you'll find inspirational, motivational interviews with some of the world's best language learners, industry experts, all trying to help you to learn foreign languages better, faster, and more efficiently. And here we go. If you're looking for a language teacher to enhance your language learning, then I highly recommend italki. Italki is the world's biggest tutoring platform and you can find thousands of teachers and tutors at very reasonable prices. Get a free lesson after completing your first lesson by going to languageteacher.co. Hello guys and welcome to episode 153 of the Actual Fluency Podcast. On this episode I'm joined by Tamara Marie from SpanishConsalsa.com who is a Spanish teacher who focuses largely on the medium of music to help people learn Spanish. And in the episode, we get into a lot of the reasons why music can be really beneficial. And I also share some of my own experiences using music in my Russian studies. So do enjoy this episode and I'll see you for the next one. All right, Tamara, welcome to the Actual Fluency Podcast. Do you want to start? the episode off by giving the listeners an idea of who you are, where you're from, and what you're working on at the moment? Uh, sure. So my name is Tamara Marie. I am from the United States. I um, live about an hour from the nation's capital over here. And I really started learning languages when I was in, um, in middle school, right? But I think the way that languages approached here in the U.S., and I'm not sure if this is true for other places, I think I have some friends in the UK who said that it's it's similar there as well, but that everyone is expected to speak English, right, by default. Mm. And the way language is taught in school is sort of like a cultural note, right? It's like, okay, learn some French, learn some Spanish, it'll, you know, but it's not like we learn conversational um, language or we learn anything that will really help in the real world, to be honest. So although I had exposure to Spanish when I was in um, middle school and then again in high school, and actually stuck with it throughout um, all of high school, even though it was an elective. Um, I thought I was pretty decent at it, you know, but it wasn't until the first time I actually traveled <laughs> that I realized that I wasn't. <laughs> right. Mm. So my first time out of the country was years after I graduated from high school and I was going on a trip to uh, Panama and I thought, oh, you know, I know Spanish, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember thinking that, um, you know, I was trying to brush up on some words before, you know, I got to the airport in, um, in Panama and I was sitting on the plane and I was like, all right, I just need to remember like the word for address, dirección, because he's going to ask me, you know, what's your address uh, to fill out the customs forms in immigration. Right. <laughs> so I'm like really concentrating, like, yeah, I'm going to nail this. You know, I got this. And I get up to the line in immigration and they're like. I don't know what the guy said, to be honest with you, because I have no idea. <laughs> I just I just remember standing there like, uh, see, uh, <laughs> and I just kind of like handed him this paper. Where I wrote down the address so that he could, you know, figure out where I was staying because I was completely useless. So I think that was my first real experience in the real world, realizing that what I had learned in school was not very helpful to me. So that's what really motivated me because I'm, I'm a little bit of a stubborn, hard-headed person sometimes. <laughs> so it was like a challenge. It was like, okay, I traveled abroad. I thought that I you know, knew this language and it's clear now to me that I don't. So what am I going to do about it? So at that point, I really just kind of looked for everything. You know, like we mo most of us do, we just go on Google, right? Like how to learn a language, right? <laughs> for sure. Yeah, been there. Yeah. And um, so I think I literally downloaded every single app that was available at the time, like every program. I went to the library and I got CDs, like programs on CD, like anything I could find related to learning Spanish, I tried it. And what really I think got me to a point where I was comfortable with the language is when I found a way to make it my own. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know how when you're learning a language, you feel like this is someone else's culture, like there's this, it's a foreign language, right? So it's inherently not a part of who you are. And uh, a lot of people these days, they talk about cultural appropriation, all these things. So sometimes it feels uncomfortable, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm not Hispanic or, you know, I'm not Latino. So why am I, you know, learning this language? I feel like an outsider. But what really helped me was connecting with the culture. So, again, it really didn't matter what resources I used. Some of them were crappy, quite honestly. Some of them were great. Some of them were mediocre. 
But for me, what really took me to that next level of really being confident in my language ability was finding a personal connection. And for me, that was music and it was culture. So I started taking salsa lessons and at the time I couldn't dance at all. (laughs) So uh, for me, like listening to the music, taking classes, starting to meet people, sort of naturally become a part of this amazing Latino culture that we have here in the U.S., it just became this natural thing that I connected to. Like the music, you know, music just in and of itself, right? Um, It really activates your memory. So you can just think like some of the moments in your life that are triggered, like when you hear a song come on the radio, right? Mm -hmm. So you might just be sitting there not even thinking about whatever happened. And then the song comes on, you're like, oh, that was my breakup from 10 years ago. Or, oh, that was that fun time we all went to the beach or whatever it is, right? music just sort of catapults you back to that place. So using that as sort of a a connection for me, it really just naturally motivated me to keep learning. It went from like, I want to know what the songs mean to I want to be able to talk to the people that I'm meeting now that I'm actually, you know, integrating myself into the culture. And then it just became like a thing where I just kept going. And I think, as you know, Chris, like with language learning, motivation is a huge part of it. Yeah, right? it's it's like what eighty percent motivation, right? Twenty percent mechanics. <laughs> yeah, so, so boring. I mean, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, so um, so for me, just uh, the thing that got me through those times where I felt like I was failing or making a lot of mistakes or oh, I should know how to say this by now because I've gotten it wrong a thousand times. Like for me, it was the word um, policia. So for the police. You know, it's, it's like such a common word because it's always written, you see it on the police cars. And I would just always say policia. <laughs> right. And I was like, why can't I get that wrong? Policia, policia. Like I just kept screwing up that sort of like uh, the accent on that word. So like little things like that would frustrate me. But then I would, you know, put on a song that I like, one of my favorite songs. And it's like, hey, I'm singing along and I forget about my mistakes. So for me, that really, really helps me make a personal connection. It really helps keep me motivated to where now Um, I started to help other people, you know, with learning Spanish the same way that I did, Um, because we have a huge community of people who are into Latin dance and who love salsa and other types of Latin dance. But they really are not Latino. They're not Hispanic. They don't know the language and they just love the dance. Right. So there's actually a a pretty large community of us that really enjoy participating in the culture, but really don't know the language. So that was sort of a natural thing for me to, you know, all the friends that I was making that weren't a part of the Hispanic community to say, hey, do you know what the song means that we're dancing to right now? <laughs> like, no, I really don't. And it's like, so we, that kind of starts a conversation. And, um, you know, music could just take you so many places. You, you learn about the culture, you learn about the people, you get that exposure to like different accents, you learn about different cultures, different countries. So it's kind of like all in one. You don't really have mm-hmm. to force it. Um, like a textbook might say, oh, and in España, comen Paella, right? Oh, they eat paella in Spain. Like it's like this one little paragraph, <laughs> right? But like with music, you don't have to force it like that. It's sort of just naturally there. It's part of the rhythm. It's part of the artist who's who's singing. It's part of the emotion you hear in his voice. You kind of get all of that wrapped up um, in the music. So it just became a natural way to have conversations and go deeper. And um, yeah, and eventually, I guess we can talk about it a little later, but I, I sort of developed that more into courses and then a community around learning uh, Spanish specifically through music. Super interesting. Yeah, I definitely want to dig into that uh, method a little bit later just to hear because I think a lot of people are listening to 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 that suggestion and, and it has come up before. People have said, probably more in passing really, not, not as a as a big part of their method, but people have said before occasionally on the podcast something like, oh, I use music a lot to learn this language or I really like to listen to songs in the language. And I sort of let it pass because it at the time it didn't really seem like a big thing but obviously being such a, such a big part of your story I, I'm really keen to dig into that but just just one moment before going back to your uh, your method binging of, of trying all the CDs and the apps <laughs> and the everything did you was there any sort of aha moments there compared to when you were going through the school curriculum which I assume was a standard kind of like a you know grammar drills and lots of reading yeah. and and stuff was there any kind of big revelations then in those methods or or did did you really find find that click uh, once you got into the music really 
I think for me with Spanish, especially that it was definitely the music. Um, it wasn't until I started to learn other languages later that I realized how different it was um, to really start from scratch when you're learning, right? So because I'd already had that little bit of a foundation from school in Spanish, like grammar wasn't foreign to me. So I sort of had that. But when I, uh, in college, when I took Arabic, and then later when I started learning Portuguese, I realized, oh, okay, this it's really different now when you have a language that has a different writing system mm. or has sounds that you don't have in your in your native language. So what I noticed, like one of one of the things that really clicked for me, and I started to realize what was helping me with Spanish as well, was really paying attention to the sounds. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in we want to have a conversation or we want to be able to to I don't know read a novel or whatever we want to do in the language. And we don't really pay attention to the sounds. And I think that is why music is was for me really helped things click because you really have to pay attention to the sounds, right? Especially if you don't know what the words mean, but you still have like the song memorized. You know how you like have a song in your head and you, you don't know some of the words. So you just kind of go da 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 or you like make up something, <laughs> right? Yeah. But you still got this melody and this rhythm kind of just stuck in your head. It's there, right? You don't know what to do with it. So like I think with music, it's like you have to pay attention to the intonation, to the the sound of the language, the the real in, in every every language, even without like music behind it, has its own musicality, right? Has its own of rhythm. Of course, yeah. So I think what it did for me was made me really attentive to the sound of the language. And I noticed that later with Portuguese and with Arabic, I said, you know, those two languages have sounds that are very different from English. And I realized that I was going to switch to just focus on getting those down before I got to grammar, before I got to vocabulary. I just focus on the sounds because if you don't have that and then you try to read later, it really creates a ton of errors that you could have avoided if you would have just learned the sounds first. So yeah. I think that the writing systems get us tripped up. And, I, you know, even with Spanish, and I tell people this because there's this misperception that like, oh, Spanish is really like just like English, like it's the same alphabet. There's just a couple letters that are different. <laughs> and I really like when I and I thought that all throughout school, because that's what we were taught. And I'm looking at the alphabet. I'm like, it looks like our alphabet. There's only that like in with the little squiggly line like that's not, you know. So but it's actually not true. Like when you actually listen to the sounds and I did like a breakdown of this, I did a, a like video about this because, you know, the letter R is one that it's really hard for English speakers to pronounce in Spanish and other languages that have that trilled R. Yeah, um, definitely. I said, just get it out of your head that it's an R. Let's start there because R, right, in English sounds like completely different. What your mouth is doing is different. Like it's it's just not even the same letter. So I was like, just get out of your head the idea that it's an R and let's just start from scratch, you know, and let's figure out how do we make this sound. Yeah. Because when we're thinking R, it already sets our mouth up in the wrong place. Our brain is connecting to that and it's just a disaster. So I think we create so many errors by trying to learn grammar first or trying to learn the writing system and learn how to read. And that's why you have so many people who learn Spanish in school and they go, well, I can read it pretty well. But when someone starts talking, I have no idea what's going on. And I go, well, what use is that? Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. like, You don't learn a language to like, I mean, maybe some people like to read. I'm not saying you should be illiterate, but you know, you want to communicate with people and you can't do that if you don't really understand what the sounds are. So that's, that was probably the, the, the biggest thing that I took away from learning other languages later and then coming back and applying that to Spanish and realizing that's why the music clicked with me. It was because I was so focused on singing along and just getting the sounds right, even though I can't sing. So don't put me on the spot. <laughs> like you don't want to hear me sing, but um, you know, when I'm in my car, I'm in the shower, like, you know, no one else can hear me. Um, and the other thing that really helped me realize it was when I would be talking to other people and, you know, native Spanish speakers and people from other countries, they would say to me, you don't have like an American accent when you speak Spanish, which I you know take as a compliment. Right. Any language learner. We love that. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, but that was directly because of the music. And I was trying to figure out, well, what is it? And then later people started to tell me, well, hey, your accent sounds like a little Puerto Rican. It sounds a little Dominican. It sounds a little Cuba. And I'm like, ah, that's because that's the music I listen to. <laughs> right. So I, I literally just kind of adapted the accents of the different artists that I listen to because that's what I sing to. So I think that, you know, the sound is where I would always start. So if anyone is just trying to figure out where should I begin, I would say always go with the sound first. <laughs> you know what's funny is like you have all these, if you have a textbook, like a teach yourself kind of book where you, you're supposed to listen to the tapes and 
or apps or whatever people use these days, mm-hmm. the first section is always the sounds and how to pronounce the different sounds. Um, and everyone that I know would just skip that. <laughs> right. like, and I did that myself. <laughs> and it's like, it's not, it wasn't until much, much later that I realized, you know what? There's actually some value to this. Like, like you just right. out that it's much easier just to work on the pronunciation early on and get those sounds right before you understand anything. Cause then you can't corrupt the sounds with your sort of knowledge of the words. Like you, you don't have those, uh, let's say your, your example with the police, for instance, if you didn't know the word, but you just had to reproduce the sound based on like a recording, then, you know, you would have no American or, or English, you know, pretenses to take with you. So you just get it and you just work on listening and reproducing instead of, uh, you know, trying to, yeah, I, I don't know if you do this, but for Russian, I would often see the word in my head and try to pronounce the written word. And it took me a really long time to learn the simple, very simple idea. Maybe other people have had the same um, experience. Please uh, do write a comment if that's the case, where if you just try to reproduce the sound instead, then it's much easier because you're liberated from the you know visualizing the word and going kind of syllable by syllable. Um, so, but now obviously uh, I've become wise, I've become older, and I realize <laughs> the error of my ways. Right. And <laughs> and uh, pronunciation is extremely important. And I think probably the the last thing that is maybe not so obvious is that pronunciation is not, I, I wouldn't say that pronunciation from, from our sake is that important, but it greatly helps you understand other people. I would say your pronunciation is good enough when people can understand what you're saying, but it will also, if you improve your pronunciation, it will improve your understanding of the sounds of the language and thereby making it easier for, easier for you to understand when people speak fast or when they speak, you know, some of the sentences can kind of flow together, uh, especially in French that happens where you're not really sure when the next word begins. But right. if you're really good at the pronunciation, then you, your ears are just more attuned to it. So I think this is like a, a mini revolution in a way. And also just the kind of input you get with music, right? If you're studying a language, let's say you're, you're a beginner level, you're, you, you know a little bit, and you put on some songs that you really like, you could listen to those songs like 200 times a day and you still like them. So that's a lot of repetition. It's a lot of input. It's a lot of listening to the language. Whereas if you have a textbook, I mean, who can really be bothered to go through the same textbook more than, let's say, once, really? Right, right. Because it's boring and you don't understand most of it. It's the same if you watch like a, a TV series in, in the language that you're learning. You don't really understand what's going on. Maybe you haven't seen the... Uh, maybe it's not a maybe it's an original series you know if you put on a a dubbed version maybe you can follow but if you put on a tv series that you can't follow at all as a beginner you just lose interest and you watch it once and you're like okay that's fine but listen to a song (laughs) it's just groovy you know you don't need to understand the words to to enjoy the song so i i think that's a great great idea yeah, and the other thing, actually two things about about music as well. So what you mentioned was the repetition, right? It's like you have a native speaker in your car, like with you or, you know, in your headphones while you're taking a walk, like, and you can play it as many times as you want. Uh, but the two elements that I really also noticed about music that's very different from sort of like a more formal way or, or, or maybe even um, an audio course that gives you a lot of different examples is that like, for example, in Spanish, they might start off with like, hola. Como esta usted, right? Like they're talking like <laughs> super yeah. slow. So like that connected speech, like you don't get any of that because they're really trying to get you to understand the words in isolation, which is great. I mean, you know, when you're a beginner, you need sort of things to be slow sometimes. But the thing I love about music is that you really get to hear a native speaker using their language in a context and you don't have to try to figure out like, oh, okay, well, what do they mean by that? Because you know, it's not so robotic, right? So like in those examples we get in in most language courses, my experience has been that they're all super like professional or robotic. Like, you know, it's like nobody walks into a room to start a conversation like, hola. No. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, it's like you're super like either dramatic or just like, you know, super dull. Nobody talks like that. 
And what I noticed was it's hard for me to understand um, when I hear a native speaker speaking in a language, if I haven't heard them speak like at a normal conversational tone or even with some emotion before. So that's like it. with music, music is super emotional, right? Like there is no song that's like, well, I don't want to say no song. There's lots of different music out there. So don't, <laughs> I don't want to say <laughs> never say never. Right. But generally, especially with Latin music, because just the way the culture is, which is something you also pick up through the music is like the music is very emotional. Music generally is telling a story, right? Which yeah. is something else, as you know, is really good for memory. As you know, I know um, there's a lot of uh, research that's been done about learning language through story. So music has stories as well. There's usually someone talking about either heartache or a, a transformational experience or just a good time that they had, right? Like there's always emotion. And when you hear language used with emotion, it's very different from hearing it in an isolated sort of dry, you know, textbook experience where there's like no background noise. You've got this super clear recording of someone speaking very slowly and professionally, which doesn't happen in the real world. Right. You're at a party, you're at a restaurant, you're out with friends. There's background noise. People are speaking at their normal rate. They may be excited because they're telling a story. They're like, da, 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 right. Like their, their energy level. Yeah. All of those things go into the way that you speak. And if you have never heard that before, the first time you hear it, it's like you have to almost readjust and try to fit those robotic words into the actual rhythm of the language. So not only with the emotion, but you also get like that connected speech in the language when you're listening to music. So like when you hear a phrase, like one of my favorite songs to use with beginners is a Mark Anthony song called Vivir Mi Vida, which is just live my life. And you you learn sort of grammar naturally, like you don't have to, you don't have to someone sit down and say, all right, today we're going to learn the simple future tense in Spanish. Right. Like he just says over and over again, voy a vivir, like I'm going to live, voy a bailar, I'm going to dance. So like you kind of already pick up that pattern and he's saying it with like all this emotion and excitement. So you really get to hear how it sounds when someone's actually using the language. So I think music is just so powerful because it kind of has all of those elements that, that are already kind of prepackaged for you. And again, it's like you get to hear that connected speech. You get to hear uh, language used with emotion, which you usually don't get in language courses. Or if you do, it's like super theatrical, right? Like it's like a, a very amateur high school play, right? <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's true. <laughs> Nunca voy a hacer eso. Like I'm never going to do that. Like it just rant, you know, people don't talk like that in real life. Like it's like a telenovela, like where people are super dramatic, but that's just not how language sounds in the real world. So that's another reason why I really appreciate music. Yeah, I, I mean, it's totally right. It's like we're educating people to be speakers in a way, but not really. And they don't understand the answers. So there's really little point. <laughs> it's like, it's good that you can say a lot of things. But even then, I mean, if we're looking at the school system, you mentioned that early on that you had that typical experience of, I felt like I was doing okay, because you were probably passing the tests and you were probably right. doing well in, according to the curriculum. But then when you face, you know, face to face with a, a native speaker, then suddenly you realize, you know what, I don't know anything <laughs> or the <laughs> exactly. things, you know, don't add together to make some kind of a productive speech. And I, I think that's a bit of a shame. Uh, of course, we often talk about that here on the show, about the uh, inefficiencies of the school system. And obviously a big part of the uh, the the podcast aim is to spread ideas like like this that the school is terrible and and you should really be independent about language learning and seek out better ways of doing it and and this uh, whole idea of using it as soon as possible and and being practical i think that's the most important thing uh, in language learning if it's much better to be able to go up to someone and have a a little basic conversation than it is to know the conjugations of all the verbs or all the tenses or whatever you know right exactly it's yeah. and it's interesting because i think that for some reason that's where you know school is very focused on that you know like you said grammar drills and all of that and one of the ways i really felt like i was cheated um by my education was you know for all those years i was doing my oh this is how you conjugate ar verbs and er verbs right um but only the present tense we don't even think we ever did past tenses but anyway um I realized when someone asked me a question and I wanted to say something besides just like, yes, like see, I, I wanted to say something else. I realized I didn't know how to say, okay, like <laughs> just, just to confirm like, oh, okay. Like I couldn't say that in Spanish. And I was like, what the heck have I been learning? <laughs> yeah. 
like it's such a basic thing. And I always tell people that like it's it's a basic conversational thing that happens when you have two humans having an interaction. That's what does not happen in a textbook. But like saying, okay, I was like, I don't know how to say, okay, how is that possible? Exactly. But I, you know, I, I can't uh, say I want a refund from education because it was free. It was public school. So I guess I got what I paid for, right? <laughs> yeah, well, same same here. I mean, well, I, my parents paid, I guess. So <laughs> That's, I, 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 maybe they can get a refund. I don't know. We'll just take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, italki, but we'll be right back. On this podcast, I've interviewed hundreds of language learners, some of the world's greatest polyglots and industry experts. And one thing they all agree on is the value of one-to-one tutoring lessons. And for this, I highly recommend italki. They have thousands of teachers in all price ranges, and they even have certified teachers who have taken diplomas or have degrees in the language you're learning. So whether you're just brushing up on your Italian ahead of a trip to Rome, or you want to master Russian to take the uh, exam, or whatever your goals are in languages, italki has a tutor suitable for you. And compared to private tutoring offline, it's really affordable. You can find informal tutors down to $5 an hour, or, and you can have trial lessons for even less. So if you want to master a language uh, from the comfort of your own home, and you even get a $10 credit when you complete your first lesson, go to languageteacher.co and check out italki. It might be the best thing you do for your language learning this year. I'm wondering how we can... I mean, maybe it's just a slow system to adapt to change. So, I mean, the internet isn't that old. And that's kind of been the big barrier of bearer of, of innovation in terms of the school system. And I mean, when I was in school, that's quite a while ago now, uh, we had textbooks that were, you know, 25 years old by then. So if 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 the... If we're only just catching up now to these inefficiencies, and you know how it is with political systems and changing like educational system is a big system. Right. So, so maybe things are happening, that, but it's just not happening very quickly. So we're not seeing it. But in the meantime, I'm happy that so many people, in uh, as evidenced by the polygon communities, the if you go on YouTube and look at these like polygon videos that have millions and millions of views, like the the awareness is spreading, and I think that's inspiring people to to seek out alternative ways of of learning languages and and making it happen. Yeah, definitely, and I, I mean that's something too that um, I latched onto because I had never heard the word polyglot like a few years ago. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, but it's like just when you start looking for stuff online and you connect with other people uh, that are learning languages, I think that's really powerful because I know for me, I joined. Uh, the add one challenge years ago, like one of the, I don't remember which number challenge it was. It was one of the earlier ones. And it was just so interesting to me that you had all these people from around the world that wanted to learn another language that were connecting over that because, you know, like I don't have many friends that, or at least at the time, I didn't have many friends that were interested in language learning, right? That was kind of like weird, right? It was like, why do you want to learn Spanish? You know, and then, you know, even having like my family kind of make jokes like, oh, you think you're Spanish now, whatever that means. um, (laughs) I was like, it's a language, it's not okay, but whatever. Um, But yeah, so it was really interesting to kind of have that, you know, almost ridicule or just kind of that awkwardness um, from like people that I knew in my circle. But then I would go online and I could connect with all these people who were like language nerds like me who were geeking out over like, oh, I learned how to say this phrase today. That's pretty awesome. Like, oh, I didn't make this mistake today. Like just having that connection is really, is really powerful. And I think the internet has really made it more accessible for us to find other people who are learning language. So I always say like, if you don't have anyone, especially like if you're in a small town or you're somewhere where there's not a huge community of language learners or a huge community of people that speak the language that you're learning, you know, the internet is a great place to connect with people. Well, obviously in a safe way. Right. But, um, as a female, that kind of is an issue, unfortunately, but, but yeah, but just to to be able to reach out and find people who share the same passion as you do, I think that has been a real game changer, um, in terms of the internet and just people, you know, taking control of their own language learning and not being dependent upon, you know, an academic institution to sort of catch up with the times, um, and really figure out that they've got to redo their curriculum. So I think it's been a really powerful thing. And I think also the efficiency just by, let's say you're working on your language skills on your own versus being in a classroom with 20 people. I mean, your hour is going to be worth 10, 20 times what you spend in the school. So 
you can catch up really quickly to to school at what you did in school. I did the math and I think I had German from grade five until yeah, I don't know, fifteen or something. <laughs> I just keep adding them up. Um, <laughs> end of end of high school anyway. And it was something like eight years of continuous study. And then when I added up the the total number of hours because of, you know, uh, holidays, weekends, just the fact that we only had it once a week, you know, two lessons once a week, um, meant that after eight years, I only had 300 hours of German study. And wow. that's, you know, that's that's classroom style, you know, one person speaks at a time, kind of. There's never any dialogues. And it's just like 300 hours is not that much. Like I see a lot of people in our community who are actually counting their time. And, you know, they're much better at studying than I am and certainly more productive. But they can easily do 300 hours with a full-time job just on, on one language, you know, so right. in a year. So that that's eight times as fast as I did. Um, so, and that was without barely any homework because. I don't know about your experience in in school, but certainly the language homework was, was very limited in our in our school. Yeah, we had a paper once in a while, but you usually get away with not doing much. So, so I'm not yeah, any I wasn't a work. I wasn't a fan of homework. So yeah, <laughs> uh, me neither. And actually, I don't think there's a problem with that. I mean, obviously, doing the papers and stuff is is kind of making people ready for university, right? But I think the schooling should happen in the school. Like the teacher is responsible for the learning. Um, but that's probably a, a, a topic for a, another show, more <laughs> right. educational uh, a focus. What was it? I wanted to bring up uh, one more point about the, um, oh yeah, the, the music. So, so when let's you, you mentioned briefly when you help beginners. So let's say you, you have a, a beginner who wants to learn a language and, he or she wants to really bring in music because they love music. Um, what would be the steps that you would go through, and and can you start with that when you're like a when you don't know anything in the language? Take me through some kind of the first steps if I if I were one of your students. Right. So uh, definitely, I think that the first thing is to find a song that you really like, and I say that because. I know a lot of times we're intimidated by, you know, the level, right? We're like obsessed in the language learning community with like, oh, is that A1 or is that B2? Like what, you know, I think when it comes down to, you know, language, like I said, like you have to make this personal connection with it. So if you find a song that you really, really love, right, it doesn't matter who the artist is, doesn't matter how long the song is, doesn't matter how complicated the grammar in the song is. You really don't care about that stuff. If you have a passion for it, you're naturally driven to want to learn what it means. So I would say go with your gut, go with your heart, go with what you love to listen to, because you're going to be listening to the song a lot to really study it, right, to get some value out of it. And if it's something that you are kind of meh about, the chances that you're going to get mm. through it are, are slim to none. So I know that's not probably a more traditional approach, but I mean, I do definitely have suggestions for, you know, if you're a beginner and you don't have a song that you already like and you don't know where to start, I definitely have some songs that, um, you know, that I'll start out with, like the Mark Anthony song, Vivir Mi Vida, is a perfect example because the language is very simple and very repetitive. So I do have recommendations along those lines, but if you're just starting out, um, I would just say go with something that you really love uh, mm. and start to piece that apart because I don't know about you, but like, let's say, for instance, since we're talking about passion, not to take the analogy too far, but like in a relationship, right? So let's say you see someone that you really find attractive. You might just see them on the street. What is your first thought? Like, oh, I want to get to know more about them. Like, you don't care how old they are. You don't care where they're from. You don't care that they may be out of your league or they might, you know, whatever it is. You're just sort of driven naturally to say, I want to know more about that person. So I would think of a song the same way, right? Like if you really love the song and you listen to it and you something about it just kind of hits you, go with it. Um, Start piecing it apart. Now, of course, depending upon, so if like you're a beginner and the song is super complicated, I always give people like this rule of thumb. So let's say you go online, you find the lyrics. And I'll talk a little bit about that too, kind of how to how to do that the right way. But, you know, you can just kind of do a search. There's a lot of sites that have lyrics. Um, and you say, okay, I got the song, I have the lyrics. And you go through like the first couple lines and you only know one or two words. That's an indication, not that you should move on to another song, 
but that that's where you should stop for that particular study session. So in other words, don't be obsessed with trying to just read through the whole song right away. Mm. Go at your own pace by your level. So maybe you only get through two lines today because this is the first time you've ever seen Spanish in your life and you need to piece apart every single word. Then you're only going to go through two lines and that's okay. You have time and you can kind of do that, you know, one at a time, little by little, and eventually you'll get through the entire song. So I would say start with something you love. Gauge um, sort of how you study it by what your own level is naturally. And, you know, again, I really don't think the levels matter as much because, for example, there's a lot of music that I love that's from the Caribbean. And a lot of people don't know this because I guess people are used to sort of thinking of like Jamaica, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, the people who talk like with a certain accent in English for this patois. But people don't think that there's a lot of Spanish speakers in the Caribbean. And actually, the majority of uh, of the Caribbean is Spanish speaking. So it's like a little over 60%. So it's actually the, the majority dominant language in that, in that region. Most people don't, don't think about that, but like, if that's the music that I love, right. And I've been studying Spanish from Europe. It, even if I have a very high level, I may still only be able to get through two lines of that song because there might be words in the dialect that I don't know. Mm. Okay. So the level really doesn't matter. You could be passing tests all day long, but the minute I put on Mark <laughs> Anthony and he starts going, Wepa, you're like, what's a Wepa? <laughs> so you've got to really take that in consideration. It doesn't really matter, you know, what you think your level is. It matters, you know, where your passion is calling you to and what you want to dive into. So I would just kind of go through uh, section by section. First thing is obvious, right? Pick up some vocabulary. So you're going to come across words that you don't know. Um, and then let's say you do know a lot of the words and you can kind of take a bigger chunk of the song. So like, let's say, oh, I know all the words in the first two lines, then maybe take the whole first verse, you know, and just break it down like that. So I always re recommend chunking it down, just like you would with any other uh, learning material when you're doing audio, kind of chunk it down and take it piece by piece. Um, and it's really cool too, because when you love the song, you don't care how many times you listen to it. You're like, oh, I love this song. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't feel like study. And that's what I have a lot of people. So um, in, in my community, Spanish con salsa, and I know I haven't talked a lot about that yet, but you know, we, we kind of have this, the same where we're like, Hey, you know, I don't even feel like I'm studying. I feel like I'm just kind of having like my own personal party, like on the weekend or after work. Uh, because like when you're, when you have a full-time job, you have a life, you're in school, you're doing whatever. When you go down to like sit down and study a language, it can feel like, Oh my God, like, I don't want to do that. Like I have a friend, for example, who's a professor so she's been in academics her whole life. And she's like, when she's in the middle of a semester, she does not want to come home and then do anything that where she has to use her brain. So she's already told me like, you know, I cannot learn a language right now because like I am already, my brain is fried. Um, and a lot of us have like demanding jobs or other things that we're doing. So but it really shifts when like what you do is you go home and you listen to music. It's like, what? I get to do that? <laughs> it's like, that's the coolest thing ever. It's not like, oh my God, I got to study this grammar. I really got to make sure I don't screw this grammar up again. Cause you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, I get to like delve into the song. And then when you get to really reveal like what the song means, it's like this opening of the meaning of the song. You're like, oh my God, is that what he was really saying? Like, so there's this discovery process too. So you're kind of figuring it out as you go along. So that makes it really exciting. And it really doesn't feel like studying. Right. So, you know, so you kind of just get that material into your brain, you know, you put it on your playlist, you listen to it throughout the week and each session, you just kind of go um, section by section, you get some new vocabulary, however you like to study vocabulary. If you like to do flashcards or, or whatever is your preference, I would do that. But I would say, you know, just listening to the song, you're going to hear it again. So that's really, it's just like a rinse and repeat process. You go section by section, you pull out the words that you don't know. And to really go a step further when you when you're at a more intermediate level, I would say then to pull out some of those things and actually, you know, practice using it on your own. So pull out some of the vocabulary from the song and just kind of figure out how you would use it in a day to day situation. Um, some songs are better for that than others. Right. There are some songs that are party songs. 
You know, and it's like, I always tell people, because uh, the song Despacito was very popular for like ever. <laughs> um, and it's just this uh, Luis Fonsi song and Daddy Yankee is on it for those of you who are not familiar. But it was just like everywhere for like a year and then like the year after. And it like was like the most requested song I got. So I actually did an episode about it for my podcast because people kept requesting this this song. And I think like there was a remix with Justin Bieber. Like it was it was insane. So when that song came out, like everybody wanted to know it and they would say, oh, like, uh, can you break down the lyrics for me? And I would say, yeah, I can. But like, just be mindful that there's certain things in that song you probably don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> right. So well, going along I mean, with that. Yeah, to each their own, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that well, yeah, that's true, too. Disclaimer. <laughs> Maybe you do want to learn how to talk like Daddy Yankee. However. I think one of the things that's really important when you're learning theme music and a lot of people, I don't think people really uh, co-sign with this a lot because people, like you said, they kind of use music as just sort of this like fun thing. And they're like, oh, I'll go on to a website. No, just look at the lyrics and blah, blah, blah. And they don't really uh, get into the culture of it and really study the song. But what I always say is if you don't really know a lot about that culture, like especially if you're reading a song, you're reading the lyrics to a song that may be from a country that you're not familiar with or it's not the country that you learned your your language from, I would really suggest like looking for either a language exchange partner or a tutor, like, you know, on a site like italki or something like that, and just find someone that's from that area. Um, and I usually recommend a tutor more so than a language exchange partner because they're usually not the best translators. Um, but have someone kind of verify what you came up with and go through it, the lyrics with them, because that's how you pick up all those like cultural nuances that you don't get on your own. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like I just kind of screamed out earlier, wepa, right? So that's a very Puerto Rican thing to say. Like, that's not something that you're going to hear in Spain or in Mexico. Like, and it's, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just sort of like something people say when they're excited, like they're at a party. It's like, hey, go ahead or whatever. Right. It's just kind of a random thing. But it's a very, very Puerto Rican thing. And if you're listening to like Mark Anthony or Daddy Yankee and you're trying to like figure it out on your own and you may like Google it and all that kind of thing, you might not really get a feel for what it means and what what the emotion is behind it. So I always would suggest kind of like go over it with someone, find a tutor that's from that region that may know that song, message them in advance and say, hey, I really want to go through this song. Like, are you OK with that? Are you familiar with it? And if they don't know that genre of music, then find someone else. Right. It's not like this cookie cutter thing where you can just like pick any, you know, any language uh, tutor, I guess. So I would kind of say find someone that that kind of connects with it, too, and can really give you a breakdown because just reading it, you're not going to always get it. And there's so much, like I said, of culture that's built into it and the dialects and and different expressions that sometimes you might just want to confirm, you know. And so I always recommend having a session with like a private tutor just to go over it. If you've translated it yourself or you found a translation somewhere else, doesn't matter. Go over it with a live human being because that's also mm-hmm. how you practice conversation. Right. So that's another opportunity for you to talk about about the song. And, you know, I've also found that for me, learning through music has helped me connect with people. So, for example, um, there's this uh, just kind of quick, funny story. So there's some friends of mine uh, here that have a party. They call it um Tacos and tequila. Right. <laughs> you can imagine it's a little. Sounds like yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a fun time. Um, but like every time, and there's and so I have friends from all over, and there's a lot of people who you know speak Spanish in our in our group of friends, and they're they're from different countries. They're not just all from the same place. Uh, but there's this one song that they always play at the party, <laughs> and it's called El Rey, and it's the King, and it's just kind of this song that's just like. Everybody in Latin America knows the song, apparently, because I didn't, you know, the first time I heard it, I was like, why does everyone know the song except for me? But when I learned it, it's sort of like now when I'm at the party, I can like join in and like I know what's going on versus just kind of being an outsider. Like, well, why does everyone know the song? And I don't. So I think that, you know, it's a good way to connect with people because you get to know like the culture, you get to know Mm -hmm. like you know, how people grew up and what what the meaning is for them. And it's like a it's a good conversation to have. So when you're thinking about like, what do I talk to a tutor about? Like, I want to have a conversation. Music is amazing. It's an amazing conversation topic because people connect with it emotionally. And then they start to tell stories about their childhood, about different experiences, about their own country, about, you know, the food, they eat, the, everything. So it all kind of really comes out through the music. So I always say, like, have a conversation about it, even though it might sound forced. 
once you get into it, it really isn't. Music is just one of those things that just draws things out of people. Um, and it, and it's very, very natural. So I would always recommend to kind of, after you kind of do your personal breakdown, you get your vocabulary out of it, you do some practice with it, have that conversation and that kind of seals up the whole experience. And then you can move on to the next song. Right. And the, I guess just, you know, maybe a little comment on that is that you don't, well, I mean, it's not bad to just listen to music, but the idea here that we're talking about, well, you're talking about <laughs> is, is the is that you use music as a as a medium as a material so you sit down with it you actually do some kind of you do something tangible with it because i'm sure that listening to music in your target language is is going to be beneficial uh, definitely for pronunciation for the repetition for everything but i guess the big leaps you're going to make in your language learning is going to be coming from those uh, I guess curiosity-driven sessions where you sit down, you you kind of digest. Well, what is the song really about, or what does that really mean? And and like you said, go over with a tutor to get some of those uh, cultural points because I don't think um, I could be wrong, of course, but I don't think anyone could ever get very far if they only. I say only. I mean, it's always better to do something than nothing. But if you just listen to music nonstop, uh, you know, if you put on the the Spanish playlist, you know, for for the next year and did nothing else, I doubt you get very far in in, make, in building your own uh, Spanish skills. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing for people who say, oh, I just learned Spanish watching telenovelas. Like every time I hear someone say that, I just look puzzled because yeah. I'm like, how is that possible? Because I used to do that and I didn't spontaneously start speaking fluent <laughs> Spanish. <it. laughs> so like, I don't, so yeah, like it, it, it does require some intentionality and some purpose around it. And that's why I say, to um, to have those sessions, those private sessions, because one of the things that comes out of it is it'll start to unlock some of those things you need to learn. So instead of going with a, a prepared text, right, or, you know, a grammar book that goes through, you know, from A to Z, the things that you need to learn about this language and its grammar, from the music, you'll start to see what are the most frequently used phrases, what are the most frequently used grammar structures, yeah. and then you, you, it's going to force you to have to learn them because you're going to see it over and over again in the patterns. And that's okay. when you get curious and you say, hey, why did they say this like this? And then naturally your tutor will sit there and go, oh, this is the simple future. And then they can break it down for you, but now you have context. I think learning without context is like it doesn't really work, right? When you try to learn in a vacuum, like if I was to yeah. learn the future tense and every conjugation of it and every verb and all the irregular verbs like today, and I don't ever have to use it, I have no context for it, it's it's nowhere until maybe this one obscure time when I have to use it 10 months from now. It's not as effective as if I have some context and material in front of me where I'm seeing it being used in, in the real world in real time. And I go, oh, I need to understand this construction because if I don't, I can't understand the song. So yeah. it really is a way to drive how you learn. And then what tends to happen, what I've noticed with people is, you know, when we usually start out learning a foreign language, we find out how much we don't know about our own language, right? Like in terms of like oh, grammar yeah. and all those things. <laughs> so I think I learned more about English grammar learning Spanish than anything else. And what I think it does is it motivates you to actually learn that stuff that normally seems boring, right? So it's like, oh, now that I realize why I need to learn this, now I'll go pick up that textbook and just read that one section, a really focused, targeted section, because I need to understand this one thing because it's bugging me that I don't understand it now. So it identifies like those gaps in your understanding and learning, and it really drives you now to want to fill that gap. Because otherwise you just go, oh, there's too much to learn. I'm never going to learn it all. But if you're like, oh my God, I don't understand these three lines of the song because it's like, calculus to me right now. I need to study this little piece of grammar so that I can get this particular part of the song. Like that really does drive you. Yeah. And, uh, and I will say too, so that's one of the hardest things I think um, in trying to get people to use music in this way, because people just think music is like an afterthought. You know, they're like, oh, it's fun. And it is fun. But I think that you can get so much more out of it if you just take the time to be curious and to really follow your heart and follow you know, that curiosity that you had when you were a kid, when you would just kind of see something and go, oh, look, there's a ball over there. I want to see, well, what is that stick doing? Like when we get to be adults, we get to be super boring and dry. And we're just like, 
okay, look, I just need to get to the, you know, give me the phrases I need to know for my trip. Give me the grammar points. Let me figure out the, the past tense, the future tense. Like, you know, we approach things like super, again, super robotic in a way that is not very natural. Um, and not even natural to the way we learned our, our native language. So I think that just kind of injecting that curiosity back into language learning is is really important. And I think music kind of naturally will pull you in a way instead of you feeling like you have to push yourself to learn, like it'll actually pull you to have to learn more just so you can fill those gaps in your knowledge. Mm. Yeah. And I, and I think just underlining the idea that it's not magic, you know, you can't just put on uh, a CD and, and listen to it perpetually and then suddenly you'll be fully fluent in any language. I think it is important to say because, you know, sometimes people, when they listen, they might be looking for those easy ways out. And I, I just don't think they exist. I mean, it's all about making it fun. It's all about making it efficient so you don't have to spend more time than than you really want to. But at the end of the day, it, it is about work and, and whether it goes through music or novellas, like telenovelas, like you said, or, or books. Some people love books. Some people love reading. Uh, you will have to put in the work. And I think music is a great way. I just thought about how I used it for, for Russian and how exciting it is for languages that are really different from your own because in, especially in this, my, I don't know if this is like a, a secret tip, but I really like the translations of like the Disney's and the animations and all those kind of songs because the they have to be super creative with the language to fit it into the rhythm. They don't, <laughs> right. they don't change they don't change the melody, so they have to be really creative. And honestly, sometimes it's like it's a completely different language. It's like I studied Russian for I don't know four or five years, and I would consider myself pretty competent, like not great, but pretty good vocabulary. And I put on like Frozen, which you think, okay, that's pretty simple. <laughs> and I don't right. understand any of it. Like the only wow. reason I understand what's going on is because I know the lyrics in English. But right. it's like you listen to Russian, you like go, I have no idea what this means. <laughs> like so, for me, it, it's kind of. And then then I start looking up the lyrics, and that's when that curiosity starts. Um, so that's that's for me a, a really good way to if you and maybe it's a good tip if you don't know any songs or haven't heard heard of any artists in in the language, maybe start with some translations or some family fun like uh, Disney or or anime, <laughs> animated films. Yeah, uh, and children's songs are great too. You know, even if you just learn the alphabet song in your language, you know, and that's it's funny. So one of the workshops I do, I always sort of give that example. I ask people to like tell me the order of a particular letter in the alphabet, right? I'll say like, what letter comes right before P or what letter comes after S or something? Mm. It's just something basic. And I'll say, and I'll ask people to think about it for a second. And then I'll say, well, like, did you think about the alphabet song when, <laughs> when you did that? And nine times out of 10 people say yes. And they kind of laugh because think about it. That's like one of the first songs that we learned, right? And I don't know if every I'm sure different uh, countries and different languages have different variations of this, but at least here, like we learned this alphabet song. It's like our first song we learned and it's our first linguistic activity, right? When you really think about it. Yeah, we had it here so, as well. Definitely. Yeah, and we, and we recall that as adults. I like, think about how long ago we learned that and you're like going A, B, C, D, E, F, G, like in your right. head exactly. to try to figure out and recall information. I think that just proves like how powerful it can be. But I also do agree with you, like you do have to have some guidance. And I think that's one of the things I noticed, like when I would have people come to me and they would just be like, oh, I want to learn, you know, this particular song. That's really just kind of the gateway to get you in the door. And so one of the things I started to do when I when I started working with people and helping them learn Spanish and, you know, ultimately got my language coaching certification because I really wanted to help people in a more natural way. I didn't want to be sort of a teacher and to help people sort of empower them to, to navigate through their own journey. And one of the things that I did with some of the folks that I worked with early on was we just kind of walked through sort of like a basic curriculum. So it was like, instead of just kind of randomly picking anything out there, right? Like I have, a, you know, particular genres I work with. It focuses like a lot on Latin American Spanish. And so the music comes from, you know, Latin America. I do a lot of Caribbean music because of just the dance and the culture and everything that surrounds it. And that music is worldwide now anyway. So, you know, it's, it's very universal. So, you know, I kind of start off with that and I say, listen, let's go through this sequence. You know, let's try it this way. You know, like I said, kind of going through one section of the song at a time, you know, putting the song in your playlist so you listen to it in your downtime. But then when you sit down to actually learn it, to just take like a 15 minutes uh, session, go through that one section, review some of the vocab, try to use it in your own way. 
Um, and we kind of just kind of repeated this process and actually made it very targeted. So instead of just sort of leaving it up to random chance, <laughs> um, actually uh, what I did for people was extracted the parts of the song that they actually could use in a conversation. Because just like the example you gave with Frozen, you know, a lot of music can be very poetic as well. Right. Yeah. Which is which is what can make it difficult to navigate if you don't sort of have a guide, because you don't really know when it's a phrase that people say every day. Or is this just something really random, weird and poetic that you'll never, ever hear in the real world? It just sounds really cute in the song because it fits in those like four bars. Right. Yeah. So like you need to kind of be able to distinguish that. And I think that's what held a lot of people back. And that's what I did through, um, you know, eventually forming our community is called Spanish Con Salsa, where. We just kind of go through the music in a very systematic way. And I've broken down songs that are good for beginners and good for intermediate levels so that if you have any interest in music and you kind of start going, it's sort of like a curated list. It's sort of like curated playlist, right, for <laughs> for your particular level. And uh, and we've like actually extracted out those things that are um, useful in conversation. So I think that's – and again, that's why I recommended it earlier to – you know, use a tutor because you don't really know that on your own if you're just sort of reading it on the Internet. So the human connection is always, always a factor when it comes to language. So what we've done sort of as a community is we, you know, go through those songs in a particular order and extract those things that can be used in conversation. So it's not a mystery, you know, and also explaining those things that are particular to a country or to a dialect because you don't always know that either. Right. So I might say, like I said earlier, like they only say this particular word in Puerto Rico. You're not going to hear that anywhere else. That's really important to know, because like if you go on vacation to Mexico or on holiday, right, like and you're, you know, going to WEPA, they might look at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so knowing some of those things, um, you know, you're going to learn some of that as you go through experience, of course. But it's always good to sort of have a tour guide right before you before you get there and embarrass yourself. So but anyway, so we kind of go through this process and it, I, people have just loved it. I mean, I've, I've had some folks that come in and they say, you know, I really like music, but I was really amazed that I didn't know that that's what this song was about. Right. Because there's a lot of songs that sound really upbeat. And uh, one example I um, always like to point out. Uh, there's a song by an artist called Joe Arroyo, and he's from Colombia, and the song is called Rebellion, and it's about a slave uprising in Cartagena, Colombia in the 1600s. But when you listen to the song, it's like super upbeat, like it's a party song, and you would mm -hmm. never think that it was this powerful story about history, about Afro-Latino history and all of this stuff. And I think, you know, as a black person in America, like for me to connect with that part of like Afro-Latino culture, like I didn't know they had those stories. You know, I thought that was just unique to the U.S. Like I, you know, at the time I was very naive. And I think, you know, when we start to really delve into it and learn about the people, we really get that in the music in a way that you don't get it anywhere else. So, you know, I always walk people through that example and say, listen, this is an important part of, you know, it informs sort of who those people are even today. You know, I was just in Cartagena in January and there's a statue for Joe Arroyo there, you know, and I went to go see it. And like some of the lyrics from that song were like painted on the wall. They have like a whole plaza for him. So like having that connection as, a, you know, and just kind of traveling there was like super powerful for me because it's a song I've loved and I've been dancing to for years. And like to see that like in person, you know, is like a, a very enriching experience. And you don't get that when you're just like looking at grammar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. that's a whole other level. So but yeah, so, I, you know. I, again, I always suggest like have a guide, you know, don't go at it alone. I know a lot of us like to learn independently. I do too. You know, I'm an introvert, but I think, you know, relying on someone else's expertise, relying on someone to guide you, to coach you through it, um, a tutor, whoever it is that um, can kind of help you get through and navigate through some of that really makes it a lot easier to digest. So yeah, the way that I use music is a little bit different. Um, I don't just use it as like a game or like a fun thing, although it is fun. We really sit down and kind of go through how can you use this in conversation? Here's the grammar that's in this song. And let's sort of break down some of the examples, but in a natural way, you know, not in a forced way. So we've been doing that for a few years now. And we've had some folks in the community that have gone through it. And they're like, wow, I didn't even realize like I could have a conversation because I was just having so much fun while I was learning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is awesome. Like, that's how you want it to be. You don't want it to be like, oh, I, I've been learning Spanish for two years. It's been the hardest thing I've ever done, but I'm glad I got through it. Like, like you've been through a war. Um, like, it's just been really gratifying to hear people say, you know, I've been having so much fun and yeah. I'm realizing it's getting easier because the same thing happened for me. 
you know, it's how I just naturally started learning, but I didn't even realize how much it was helping me until other people would notice like, oh, your accent's actually not that bad. You know, and I would go, really? <laughs> so, you know, it's it's those little things that you pick up just from kind of naturally mimicking the sounds, from getting that exposure to the culture, from staying motivated, because it's like there's always something more interesting to delve into. There's a new story. There's a new rhythm. There's a new genre of music that you may not have known about. There's a new artist. You know, it's always, always uh, evolving and giving you new sounds and new things to delve into. So I think it's really helpful, especially if you're, you know, have a musical background or you just happen to love music. I think trying it out, um, you know, it's, it's, it's worth a try at least, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think and, you uh, can apply the methodology to everything, really, if you don't mind me saying it, because you could do what you're doing with books or with with uh, uh, TV shows or picking a different medium. But it's all about what the student, like you said early on in the beginning, it was about finding what you resonated with and finding sort of your way in, in, in that language or in that culture so you could identify with it. And I think that music has a lot of advantages, of course, um, but the methodology, if you drill down, it's really not that different uh, if you used a different medium. So I, again, if people are listening and they want to get use more music, which I think definitely should, definitely should work more on pronunciation in general. Uh, but they're like, oh, I'm super, you know, I don't like music for if people exist like that. I don't know. Uh, and they're more <laughs> like uh, book people. No worries. You know, you can use, I think if I'm extrapolating the ideas anyway, correctly, then it's all about really just having fun, massive mm -hmm. importance. And it's working with the materials in a focused way. Yes. And it's getting help or being part of a group or some kind of community. It can be in very different uh, ways. And getting that helps you understand the nuances and you get maybe instant feedback as well on some of your own shortcomings. And, it's, and, and to me, that's kind of like a universal, but it's not very obvious. So right. it's kind of cool that a lot of people come on the show and they talk about how they have achieved it. It seems to be that the method deep down is that trifactor, or I don't know if I mentioned four things now, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like that, that perfect combination, like the secret sauce, right? Everyone sort of, you have your own recipe for it. Right. But you know, at the end of the day, you're still making the same dish. Right. So, you know, maybe I like salsa music and you like, I don't know, rock. There's uh, I guess there's Spanish rock. Right. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, the point is the music isn't the, the music isn't the secret. I mean, that's right. like saying that that's like saying that salad is the secret to weight loss. Yeah, you know, that's one way of helping it. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, you can lose weight eating steak, or you can lose weight eating soybeans. I I don't know. <laughs> you know, there's many yeah, ways to lose weight. Definitely, it's whatever it connects with you. And I think that's what uh, what I really focused on. And I, you know, for a while, I kind of thought, well, this can't be right. Like, I have to go get a book. And like, I would try to go back to like, I need <laughs> to go to the library and get some books because like, I can't just do this music thing. But like. It really worked for me. And I think that's the thing. Like you have to find what works for you. If you that's like it. books, then then read the books. If you if you like music, then do music. If you don't like music, then don't do it. Cause guess what? The least effective learning material is the one that you never want to use. Exactly. So if you're not motivated to pick up that book, if you're not motivated to listen to that song, if you're not motivated to uh have that conversation because you don't find this person interesting or you don't find the culture interesting then it's going to be really, really difficult. And then you might want to ask yourself, why are you doing it? <laughs> so yeah. have fun, find something that you love. Yeah. That happened to me very early on. A funny story about the book. I was stuck in some kind of self-help book. I think it was Teach Yourself or something. And I was kind of complaining to one of my friends. I said, oh, I just can't be bothered to do this book. But I know it. I, people have told me it's a great book and it's, it really helped them. And the person just went to, I forgot who it was, but they just turned to me and said, how many books do you read in your native language a year? Hmm. Good I question. Just, I just <laughs> kind of fell completely silent. I was like, uh, zero, <laughs> uh, one maybe in good years. And it's like, well, there you have it. Why are you trying to do something that you clearly don't enjoy? Or in other, said in another way, 
why do you think you would enjoy reading in a language you don't understand if you don't enjoy it in the language you do? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I just that completely crushed me, and I was like, okay, I understand now. That was big aha moment, and and I I hope that people definitely don't make that same mistake as I did because there's no with all the ways of learning languages these days and all the people you can get help from in, in so many different ways, there's really no reason to be feel like you're torturing yourself or feel like you have to like force yourself to do it. You should it shouldn't be that way. You should be able to find something that you enjoy doing. Yeah. And, you know, I think a key point is a lot of times we like to think of, of academic things or anything we have to learn. It has to be connected with some sort of suffering. <laughs> and um, it really doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> the suffering of language learning, yeah. We have to end the suffering. Well, we, hopefully we're doing our part to uh, to end the suffering. I um, so. But I just want to say thank you for coming on and, and sharing your passion about music. It's it's definitely uh, been a little eye-opener for myself because I, I when you, before the episode, I was like, yeah, I'm going to let you do all the talking and, and you're you going to bring all the points. But then as you was talking about it, I realized that I had done some of the things sort of completely by accident because I, I really like the Frozen film. I, I know maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't know if that's uh, <laughs> 31 years old, but I really like the film in English. I thought it was a great film and a good song, good catchy tunes, you know. And so I just listened to them a lot in Russian. And and hearing you talk about it, uh, your method, really brought back those memories. And I also did it with a band called Tattoo, a um, very controversial band in Russia. And they had some crazy songs, but they also did the songs in English. So, so I heard them in English ages ago, understood everything, tried to listen to them in Russian, understood absolutely nothing. Um, so again, a very interesting discovery. So, so, so thank you for coming on to the, uh, and sharing those ideas. I, I think they've been very valuable and I, I, I kind of want to go listen to some music now. Um, <laughs> if, if people want a little bit more information about you or get in touch, uh, where are the best places they can go for that? Uh, definitely. So I'm on Instagram at learn Spanish con salsa. And I also just launched a podcast in January. So it's the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. So uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I guess you can search for Learn Spanish Con Salsa and subscribe as well. Uh, and let me know what you think uh, if you're into learning Spanish at all. But I also just give general language learning tips as well in terms of motivation and habits, you know, because I'm a language coach. So I really focus a lot on, you know, brain friendly ways to learn language. So I cover some of that on the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, I'm also on Facebook, uh, Tamara Marie Language Coach on Facebook. Um, yeah, and can connect with me there and send me a message. We also have a Facebook group uh, for anyone interested in learning Spanish through music and travel and culture. Um, I think if you just go to SpanishMusicAndCulture.com, it'll redirect you to the Facebook group. Um, if not, just message me and I can get you in there if you're interested in, you know, finding a community of language learners that are learning Spanish and are also interested in in culture and music as well. So, yeah, but that's how you can reach me. I try to be on Instagram a little bit more these days. So <laughs> uh, you probably catch me there most. Fantastic. And uh, if people do want to listen to a little bit more about uh, using music in language learning, I highly recommend episode 127, which was with uh, Susanna Sereski, uh, who also has a big, uh, big passion for music and and uh, and its effect in, in language learning. So there's a little episode, if, if you guys haven't listened to that already, highly recommend it. But uh, until the next one, um, thank you so much for listening. And Tamara, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Actual Fluency Podcast. I really appreciate having you here today. Just before you leave, I just want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, which is italki. Italki is a tutoring platform where you can find affordable tutors for every language in the world, pretty much. So get started today and get a free $10 credit when you book your first lesson. If you go to actualfluency.com forward slash italki, that's spelled I-T-A-L-K-I. So give it a go and feel how tutoring can really boost and enhance your language learning.